Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One, two, three, four. Come join us on this trip. Not more like journey. We're throwing out the strip. We don't charge a penny. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Freeballing for another very special episode. Why is it a special episode, Ed? We're in a special, a special episode this week because we're not in Birmingham anymore, Sebastian. We've teleported. We teleported all the way to the sunny shores of Manchester, where we have my good friend, Alex Gregson, uh, creator, owner of Free44 Post Audio. For, well, come on. I'd say come on down, but there's not a lot of room You're here, Alex. There. <laughs> hey, Alex, can we film in 344? Yeah, sure, Ed, in the smallest room we have. <laughs> <laughs> Introduce yourself, Alex. Hi, everyone. I'm Alex Gregson. I'm the founder of 344 Audio. Um, so we do audio post-production for film and TV. Uh, we also sell sound effects libraries online. And finally, we do courses to help other people learn sound for film and TV. So sound, you own it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, sound completed it, mate. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I've I, so I've worked with Alex for I would say like I was a actually decade. thinking about it about almost a decade, right? Yeah. Like my final project in uni. What was the first film? Uh, the, the Monster Inside. The Monster Inside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a like sort of genre. Got a funny title now. You think? About it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Monster Inside me right now. <laughs> I need to expel it. Should have gone before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> But I know um, uh, Sebastian's heard a lot about you because I'm. I always would like whenever my American friends start working. I'm like, look, if you need post sound, Alex works remotely mm-hmm. for you, for you guys. So yeah. yeah, he knows he knows a lot about you. So uh, Sebastian, mm-hmm. you know you've been aware of Alex's presence, right? I've been aware. You've been aware. I've been aware. Yeah. Is that all? <laughs> Is that I mean, all? <laughs> I, I mean, we also have to plug that we wouldn't have our kick-ass theme songs. Without Alex. Holy shit. Yeah. The, the theme song to Freeballing <laughs> was literally, we literally went through you to that. Yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. That was so much fun. 
I was walking through the park trying to listen to that shit. <laughs> trying to get in the zone. Yeah. Like, someone bumped into me and I damn near decked him. I was like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Busy. Yeah. Sir, can you excuse me? No, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's uh, that's another introduction. We have to talk about you as a filmmaker. <laughs> and then after the break, well, everyone knows that the break now is the trailer. Spoilers. Um, we'll be talking about <laughs> Westwise the Raven and a little bit of the politics of post sound in the filmmaking industry. But let's let's kick us off the first question, Seb. I love that we're going to get into politics in this. I love it. It's great. Yeah, man. <laughs> Right. So, Alex, you know, you are a whiz with sound. Uh, Like I said, we wouldn't have our awesome theme songs without you. But what's your origin story? Like, what was it that made you want to get into the wacky world of post sound? That's a great question. I love answering this question. Um, So when I was around uh, 12, 13 years old, I discovered um, audio manipulation programs. And there was people uh, that I knew in school who would take music and kind of uh, reverse it pitch it down and you know speed it up and things like that and I started doing this as well and really found the whole concept of this fascinating later I um, started producing my own electronic music but what I tend to find when I used to make music was that I would really struggle to finish tracks so I'd spend ages making the sounds I'd sample movies like I'd look for all my favorite quotes from movies sample and put them in my music um, I used to make like dubstep and drum and bass and things like that and I'd spend so much time doing that and so much time crafting the sounds and mixing the sounds that I'd forget that you actually have to finish the track and then you release the track so <laughs> many years later when I studied at um, college doing music technology and then later studied sound design and sound engineering I realized that the whole time I was actually a sound designer and not a musician um, and I used those skills and transferred them over to the film. How industry. would you know? You never released your music, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> There's a Marty Garrix in you. You just never knew. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I think I knew that if I would pursue um, electronic music, I would have had to go into the world of DJing and things like that, which is not for me. I'm more of an introverted creator, craftsman. You know, moving the strings gradually to get to an end result creatively. I'm not a in the moment live. Let's create something. Bang. Yeah. yeah, so mm-hmm. I can't I can't go into music because Fatboy Slim is is already taken. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Was it? Is it? Was it, so? Was there a specific like when you transitioned into post sound, not music creation? Well, was was there a movie that did it for you? A TV series that did it for you? A mentor? Yeah. So um, one of my uh, teachers, lecturers at the time. Um, Luke Warren was the first person who told me about um, post sound for film and TV. I didn't even know it existed, mm. even though I was in, in into sound design already. Yeah, I didn't understand that what I was doing was sound design and it could be applicable to movies. Um, but my teacher at the time, Luke Warren from Ashton Sixth Form College, where I studied music technology, um, said to me, "You know, when you fin- finish this course, what are you planning to do? Have you considered studying this?" And I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." And then um, there was a couple of films as well that inspired me. One of them was Snatch by Guy Ritchie. Oh. That film mm. for sound design is huge. If, you, if you've if you watched the film before, anyone watching, I'd recommend next time you see it, watching it with more of a focus on what's happening audibly because nearly every punchline, every scene where they're building up to something, it has a sound cue that's actually part of the comedy. And without that sound cue, the comedy wouldn't work and the timing wouldn't work with the edit. 
Yeah. So that that film was something that just spoke to me. I can't explain why, but really early on, I just knew there was something special about the way that was done, and I was really proud that that was British as well. And I wanted to be another pioneer in this industry, you know, from the UK. So that was the one of the main inspirations. I mean, my res- my respect for Post Sound comes from talking and working with you mm-hmm. so much, and a movie I really sort of begin began to understood that like the almost the importance post sound plays for me it was baby driver yeah yeah like it, like the it, when there's no music playing there is actually like a tinnitus like you were con- we are constantly in the pov of mm-hmm. baby which i thought was like such an amazing like choice to do for from um edgar right there absolutely and mm-hmm. we actually now work with one of the people who's involved in that film pete burgess so oh awesome he was the foley artist for the film so um he also worked on harry potter's right yeah, so he yeah. worked on a, a lot of the Harry Potter films. So it's been amazing having him as part of the team, and he's really been, you know, it's it's taken someone like him who's from maybe more the London world to really, you know, see what we're offering. Pull the mic a little bit closer to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I think I can just I can tell by maybe we're a little bit too far away. Yeah, is that you better? said you wanted bloopers. Yeah, one sec. Sorry. working with Pete Burgess yes so, um, so oh yeah and interesting fact is we've just started uh, working with Pete Burgess who was one of the sound artists involved in Baby Driver so yeah. he was the Foley artist um, kind of the the master behind all the footsteps the timing and everything and some of the things he talks about on that project are fascinating in terms of how he would try and pitch things to the music so he would do footsteps and then pitch them to the music and nice. time them to the music and things like that and yeah, he's worked on tons of things from Harry Potter and everything. But he's originally from this area of the, the UK. There's so no way. It, it's just fascinating how these things come mm-hmm. together. And now he, he, he works with us up north here as well. Well, I just want to do a little bit of a shout out. You've like sort of reinvested in your own building here mm-hmm. where you work. You've com- like since I was here doing Westfires the Raven. Yeah. Actually, a little bit of a shout out to me. The lever is yours truly. <laughs> I was helping out in the Foley room. It was awesome. I loved it. But you've completely redesigned the Foley room, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so. I've seen like I've seen the videos. Like you're huge on Instagram. In terms of a business in filmmaking, I'd like you know, I want like I see what you're doing on Instagram, and that's like that's what everyone else should be doing. Oh, it's what I <laughs> like. Even as a writer, it's what I should be doing. It's like it's a good inspiration to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know you're constantly uploading consistently. You know, engaging yeah. your audience is good. It's good stuff. Um, just back to sort of respect for post sound. Sebastian, is there a movie for you that like sort of where you meant like, what post sound is actually really important? You know, it's fun. it's also an Edgar Wright movie, but it was Shaun of the Dead. Oh, good Again, shout! He, he yeah, on yeah. That as well. <laughs> <laughs> Pete and Edgar Wright, they're the best birds. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it was just one of those things where it's like I never really paid attention to it, but watching Shaun of the Dead, it felt like I was actively paying attention to it and it just added to the experience of it so i think for me that's what that's what they did and then you know baby driver was just like Shaun of the dead on another level for me i was like damn okay i respect i respect post sound way I more now met the guy who played one of the zombies in that like one of the main featured zombies what? i had no idea it was him he looks completely different today but yeah because well, yeah, you know zombie, zombies zombie. aren't real alex <laughs> <laughs> 
just woke up one day and didn't look like a zombie anymore. I know there's that universal walkthrough ride in LA, but those are actors too, dude. <laughs> but so that's um, your inspiration to film. Mm-hmm. Our second question, our second question is a bit of an aspiration to film. Uh, we've had some really good answers here, but sort of the the way we've been asking it is like you know the biggest possible production you could possibly think of mm-hmm. you could possibly want three four three four four to be on even though you've done some huge projects yeah. um but say you've been given keys to the kingdom mm-hmm. for post sound by the producer the executive producer what 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 are you what are you bringing what are you bringing in i think we would love to we, we work best on projects that are heavy on storytelling and i've noticed this with our clients we tend to attract the if you look at the personality of a director, we've done a lot of studying on this, obviously, because it's our client base, but you can get a director who's more on the technical side or you can get a director who's really deep into the story. We work best with the more chaotic creative type. Mm. So the one whose mm-hmm. mind is... Put it through over. the sausage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. A mind who's all over the place. And then we can help guide them to that solution. So that being said, the type of projects that would be really great for us to work on would be things like the revenant or things like star wars you know i feel like star wars has gone off in a bit of a weird direction now but originally star wars was a big one um anything where the sound is really integral to storytelling and the director understands that and really pushes you to the next level yeah so anything that challenges us would be the the goal awesome so really it's mm-hmm. those life-changing films that i'd love to work on you know um and it doesn't have to be something that's the most famous just has to be something where the story changes your life you watch it and you're like something like the matrix the first matrix film you watch that and your whole life is different afterwards yeah and the sound has played a big part in that film as well you know so that's the type of thing we would love to work on that's cool dude yeah that's awesome nice. I lo- yeah that's a, that's a that's a good answer. these answers get better every single they time do. we answer they this question. really do yeah <laughs> like that'll be hard to top i pity the next um <laughs> Uh, is there anything else you need to uh, you, with this opening Sebastian anything you want to ask Alex anything actually, you want to know yeah no actually I, I'm very curious of like the origin of the name 344 audio Ooh. like what is there a, a significance behind that for you or is it something that you thought sounded cool yeah so at the time when I was transitioning away from just being Alex Gregson sound designer to coming up with a company name I looked at a number of different company names and I had a few in my head that I was 100% set on, but they were all taken. Oh. So nearly every name for an audio company has been done by somebody. And I knew that our company was going to be international, so I had to be careful about that. And I realized and set myself on something. I remember it was from acoustics class at university, and it was talking about the speed of sound. And the speed of sound is 344 meters per second at sea level. Uh, and this differs depending on who you ask now a lot of people say it's 343 meters per second but I actually can't do 343 I was going (laughs) to use 343 originally and then I thought this doesn't sound right it needs to be 344 but then I searched 344 the speed of sound and it is also one of the commonly accepted measurements it depends who you ask if it's the Americans or the Mm -hmm. British or the Germans or whatever but 344 is one of the accepted speeds of sound. And plus, if you'd chosen 343, people would be thinking you do the sound design for Halo. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so th- that's, that's where it came from. But yeah, it's the speed of sound. And the idea being that, you know, we work quickly and efficiently. And that was the, the concept behind it originally. In, in, in a sort of a, um, like, uh, uh, going on for that question, mm-hmm. uh, explain the logo. Yes, absolutely. So um, our logo, 344 Audio. So if you take a look at some of the font and some of the um, kind of design here, 
I don't know if you can overlay things because it's a podcast, but um, you can see that the text is made up of a custom font that actually represents pipework. So it's kind of industrial pipework that you see on machinery, mm. and the D is like half of a cog. So we've always had a cog in our logo, and the cog represents the Industrial Revolution, which was started in Manchester, where we're based. So we're very, mm -hmm. very proud of our heritage, and we want that to come through in all of our branding. Um, we are the Audio Craftsman. So we are the Audio Craftsman represents. Um, we are the Audio Craftsman represents the idea that we're not just sound creators. We're crafting this sound from the beginning of the the project, from yeah. pre-production. And just for people listening as well, before anyone says this, we've had this a few times over the last couple of years. A couple of people have pointed out why is the word craftsmen? The word is not craftsmen. The word is craftsman. Craftsman. And it's because in the dictionary, it's a gender-neutral term. If anyone on the on the uh, podcast complains about that, it's a gender-neutral term, so we're not changing it. Um, and then you'll see established 2012. It shows a heritage. While it's I know that one. That's when you started. <laughs> <laughs> Score one that's for the boys you, back that's home. That's when you were with us. <laughs> <laughs> I, was in Sol I was in Salford yeah. going through a lot of depression and a lot of ale. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So yeah, it's having that heritage branding. So in the film mm -hmm. industry, a lot of companies brand themselves with like blue minimalist font, thin fonts. We went everything the opposite. We went for a dark Victorian green color, a custom font that was thick and quite actually quite masculine in the way it looked um, because we want to give a feeling of a grandfatherly vibe to mm -hmm. our clients. We want to be a guide to you, not, hey, we're edgy and we're diverse and everything. It's yeah. more old school principles like we will deliver on time. We will be efficient we will actually care about your project like it's the last project that we do. So we try and put that into all of our branding. And pe some people hate it, and that's totally fine, but we, it's worked for us and the clients that we work with. I hate it, but I keep coming back because I, <laughs> I, like, I like to hate fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, honestly, like the, the warm welcome, just mm -hmm. the vibe of like going from your little apartment bedroom to this now is awesome. You know, being, uh, being part of your journey is has been a pleasure for me and, and that's yeah. been that you, you know working with you over all of this time has been absolutely amazing because i've also seen the growth that you've th that you've done you're gonna so make me cry on my own podcast <laughs> man <laughs> shit so he's proud of me if, if we look at the first film we worked on the monster inside and compare it to the let's film. not look at the monster inside <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you compare that to the stuff that you're doing now and like in every area you've grown as we've grown do you see what i'm saying yeah so as mm -hmm. our company's grown, your films have grown. Like the budgets have got bigger, the the style of the film has has got better, the storytelling has got better. The, every part of the moving cogs have moved in the right direction. There's that word again. There you go. <laughs> <Cogs>. <laughs> Damn, that was a that, that was a very fulfilling answer. I I'm so full. Uh, I'm we need, we so need to go, we need to go for a break so I can <laughs> shit it. <laughs> and I just farted and I shit it. <laughs> Are we ready to go for a break, Seb? Is that is that cool? Yeah, I think on that note we should probably go to a break. So on uh, you know Spotify, boo bun you lads, you get the ads. But if you're on YouTube, cue the trailer. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry. And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Every time I watch that trailer, erections. Right. <laughs> erections? Erections. What, what trailer? The, uh, on YouTube. Have you not been watching the podcast, Alex? I've not we even, brought I've you not, on the podcast I've and you seen, haven't been watching? I've not seen. I've only seen the one you sent me from, uh, from Ben. <laughs> wow. That's why I was confused that you were doing <laughs> oh, Wow. I didn't, I didn't even know it was on YouTube yet. I yeah, thought yeah. it was just on Spotify. No, no, we've been on YouTube for the past... Well, I don't know when, when this episode's going to be released, but past couple of weeks. Oh, just last couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah. Well, past couple of weeks right now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Dan, do. Well, now. Right. Well, you've got two episodes to watch when you get home. Cool. When you're yeah, working on your house. <laughs> No one told you you could talk. Wow. A mic didn't even pick you up, probably. It's from the cheap seats. That's one of them where they put it in, like, stars, the producer, producer, semicolon, and then... Mobile phones off during the production. Actually, speaking of mistakes, I need to... um... So this episode's already been released, but I need to apologize for... um... We had Anthony on. In, uh, for the composer recently yeah. and we we're talking about lord of the rings and my dumbass thought james horner did the music it's actually howard shaw yeah yeah i uh i done goofed i done oh. fucked up and do you know like if you watch that episode like you can watch it now because it'll already be out by the time you watch this episode huh we were talking about matrix earlier <laughs> um <laughs> it's i'm so confident in my answer mm. and i just want to <laughs> slap myself <laughs> you dumb <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> can you not just veto that in and cut away what like like during during during, during during like like the Simpsons Howard Shaw, <laughs> 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 right? No, so uh, that was we uh, we got to know you before the break. Uh, we are back now. Let's talk about some West Fires of the Raven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Sebastian. Yes. He has what's, a question. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> you you got amnesia, boy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's uh, only Sebastian. the hottest short film coming out of Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, man, you worked on it. Oh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> You've done so much since then, you know. No, okay, okay. <laughs> it's not even in my files anymore. <laughs> so, Sebastian, kick us off, bro. Right. So, obviously, now we're talking West Fries of Raven. So, can you break it down for us how you and your team kind of built the soundscape for West Flies of Raven? And, you know, what was it like collaborating with Ross and Ed? I know you've worked with Ed before, but now you have Ross in the mix. Did it change the dynamic? How 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 was it for you? <clears throat> um, so, uh, I think the first thing I would say is, I've whenever I've worked on a project where Ed's involved, I always feel like the the story is really well considered, regardless of whether it's a comedy or it's a um, an action film or whatever it might be. But um, 
when you're not directing the film, it always still feels like you're involved a lot, which is a good thing because then I put my dick in everything. <laughs> <laughs> because then, even if there's a different director, I still have a continuity through the the, the thing. Now on this one, I think what was different was there was a lot more at stake than some of the other films, because you weren't directing it. You had to put your trust in someone else, and um, obviously that meant that where I could usually ask you a question and say, "What are we going to do about this?" You would have to have to say, you know, uh, refer to Ross. Go to Ross, yeah. And that was interesting, but I think what one of the things that was interesting about this process was. When we were in pre-production, um, Ross was kind of very adamant he wanted it to be real. Like, oh yeah, it is mystical West Flies the Raven, but make the sound real. And then as soon as we reached Poe Sound, and he heard the murmurs of a creative sound design, he was like, more, 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 <laughs> you know. Um, and then we like just, I was trying to tell you, yeah, literally. <laughs> um, so I think one of the ways that was interesting that we worked was once Ross discovered that more was what he wanted with creative sound design and storytelling with that, I then started to um, split this between the team and Danny from the team here did a lot of the really interesting crow sound design so he basically yes. did that on his own um, and because he focused just on that it really became a nice storytelling element and I think it was one of the big reasons that we got nominated for um, for a best sound design award in the uh, music and sound We got award. nominated a lot for sound design. Yeah. 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 So um, I think a lot of the stuff that we that we did in that in that process helped and then we split out um some of the other work like some of the sound effects editing i think together though with me ed ross and ben we built a lot of the most meaningful stuff together in in the room together like the fight scenes we did together like we just shared that on instagram that one that you saw um and uh we've spoken yeah. a lot about the fight scenes on the podcast mm-hmm. it's becoming like yeah. a, a bit of a mainstay for people to talk about because it's kind of like this sort of it's like it's slap bang in the middle of the shore where like most people are going to be paying attention yeah like people get their bums in seats and it's like why am i watching oh crap it's it's all kicked off and it's like why mm-hmm. am i staying oh rivon is a badass like <laughs> it's a nice sort of well-rounded short in my opinion i think one of the one of the things that was really good about this project as well was anthony the composer worked really well with us to to make the composition and the sound design fit as one so instead of just making like epic Viking music and slapping it on the film and saying, well, I want my music at the forefront, Anthony was like actually really open to having, you know, oh, in this scene, I need to back this off a little bit, but then here I need really to go heavy. Yeah. And I think we needed that because if the sound was so dramatic, but the music wasn't, there's something just wouldn't have sat right. But in the end, I feel like we crafted something so nice where it's so serious and so kind of epic when the, when the battle's going on. But then when the battle subsides, we got the really nice vocals that Anthony brought in, and yeah. then we backed off our work and let his, you know, his work take forth, you know, take the forefront. Yeah, um, Chloe was amazing on the vocals. We spoke, we spoke a lot about her during yeah. Anthony's episode, but yeah, she's mm-hmm. she, she like like something so I don't say minimal, but like you know, you know, the smallest things have the biggest impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think everyone involved wanted the same thing. And that's a big thing on films. I've worked on films of all different budgets. And what I've noticed is it doesn't matter what the budget is of the film. If everyone wants the same thing and no one gets the ego pushed into the project, you get the best result. The problem comes when there's one person who's pushing that ego constantly into the project. 
and then other people are trying to do something interesting and it yep. gets sucked out and then it just ends up being a really vanilla version of what it could be but on this everyone wanted it to be epic everyone wanted to have the little pocket of where they could shine yeah or you know and that's why it ended up being such a strong film sebastian knows a lot about working with egos that feature you're working on had a oh, the world's biggest it was, ego <laughs> it was a fucking nightmare working with someone paying so much money dropping so much money to make a feature film just so we could play director absolutely We'll, we'll make sure, we'll make sure that that movie doesn't come your way, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> if he's got a yeah, no, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to charge you for the new chair I need to do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, on it, like the the, the continuity, well, there was no continuity. It didn't exist on that set. It was fucking insane. It was absolutely fucking insane watching this director come onto a set that's been dressed and has been been told many times it's a hot set and just moving shit not calling the production design not calling hit props he's just moving shit and then they come in and they're like wait wait no like oh it's fine it's fine it'll be fine okay your editor's gonna have a fucking aneurysm <laughs> and so's alex <laughs> imagine the, the dialogue is just gonna be Oh no no God. so so the dialogue the way he did that he directed his actors line by line oh. by line with our each camera, line our camera guy getting, literally just like he's crying <laughs> he got seven different takes of each line so there's there is no consistent performance that sounds horrible <laughs> it was awful to watch that I sounds more so student film than anything i've ever worked on and i've worked on a lot of student films <laughs> <laughs> same dude it was like it was like just a giant student film a giant student film oh god they've evolved <laughs> someone stop him someone burn it with fire <laughs> but no like um talking a little bit about the, the collaboration process it like it is a little bit weird for me to be honest to like to um i need to stop scratching my hair there'll be things in it um <laughs> but it's like um talk, like taking a step back and like not taking a step back but watching you and ross sort of like you'd only ever heard of ross you'd only ever mm -hmm. spoken to ross but then like i i arrived like a few hours later because like ross and ben had they had to come here like super early doors then i arrived just after lunch and you like it was like you guys had already started this like relationship you're both bouncing off each other it was awesome watch and that's why i kind of like right i need to find who else needs help danny was working away then i went downstairs and frankie was like yo do you mind just like sort of helping me on foley i was like absolutely i love like like i, I just love everything about post sound like all the nuances that go into it it's like when i first hired you it was like eh, alex can i get post sound and you're like well ed what do you need do you need do you need foley do you need a mix like do you need composing as well so yes <laughs> <laughs> but it was like it, it was like it was it was a fair, like the team just everyone came together everyone had input and like you can you can hear it mm -hmm. yeah absolutely. absolutely we had a few issues like editing with the great hall because it was great yes <laughs> yes absolutely and yeah, the, the hall <laughs> yeah the big hall scene the, the way it's like, sort of that I shouldn't be teasing too much, but it's like when you when you see it, like people will understand. Oh yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think we, it was a bit of a yeah, it was a bit of a battle, wasn't it, in in the uh, in that particular scene to get the dialogue to 
hits it consistently, which is interesting because some of the other scenes you'd have thought were more difficult. Yeah. You know, like the ba- the fight scenes and things like that. But yeah, that particular scene, but I think it's because it's like the introduction and it needs to catch you. If it doesn't catch you, you kind of lose the production value. Yeah. So it was so important to get the dialogue to sit right in that scene. And I think I think we, we got there in the end. There's more dialogue in that scene than like any other scene as well. So like that had to be right. Absolutely. But yeah. So, um, but speak like I know you have a lot you want to say about the 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 current poli- like political landscape of how the film industry treats sound designers, post sound composers. Um, do you, do you like tell us more about that? Tell us what you want to talk about. Me and Sebastian are here to listen. We're here to respond. Um, is there anything you think the film industry could do to sort of help the visibility? so to speak of sound designers more so than you know just an oscar for the biggest movies and then you know the like the the biggest most politically accepted shorts would you like so take us through i think take us through this i think there's a few things at play with the politics of the film industry and um one one of them is uh the focus this is specifically in, in the uk um but i think it also happens in the us as well the focus on um only building the industry in the Lundo, Lund- London. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I hit my mic. So I think there's a few things at play here in regards to um, the politics of the film industry cu- currently in post sound. One of them is um, the London, I call it the London centric film economy. So in our country, in the UK, um, if you think about it, London is like a mega city, and a lot of the other cities, while they're powerful in themselves, they don't really have the financial backing to produce things like films and so on and so forth. This then perpetuates this constant hamster wheel of productions being made in London. And while that started to change and they started to try and force this stuff out into different regions like the north of England and the Midlands and so on, what's happening is the post-production is not coming with it. So no. they're shooting all these epic things like Batman was shot in Liverpool and then Peaky Blinders, Birmingham, etc., Mission Impossible in Birmingham. Yeah, Mission Impossible. But they're never bringing the post to these other areas of the UK. And I think there's a number of reasons for this. I think there's a lot of people that don't want it to change because they've got a stake in it. Um, But I think it takes people like us, people like you and, you know, other companies to actually take that capitalistic stand and say, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and I'm going to make this change myself. Even if there's risk, even if people tell me it's not going to work, even if every so often I have to tell someone, go screw yourself you're not better just because you're in london even if i have to do that i'm willing to put myself in that in that position um one to create jobs for other people that i didn't have the opportunity for for myself when i started out in this region but also because i just i just think it's time for a change um and i think one of the big problems we have is people from the uh the other regions of the uk feel like they kind of have to beg london to give them the scraps of post-production Whereas the way I look at it is we shouldn't be begging them. They should be wanting to come to us because we're showing our value and our skill. And that's the direction I'm taking the, the company in now. So that that's one aspect of the, the political side of, um, of the film industry. I think the other one is there is like a, a, I mean, there always has been the film industry is one of the most liberal industries in, in the world. And being that it's in the creative field as well. And I think when there's someone who works in the film industry who maybe doesn't have the same viewpoint, they do have to suppress that sometimes and they have to be careful about things that they say. Again, for me, I'm I'm not, not going to censor myself over people, you know. Um, like this company, you know, we're a Christian-owned company. I'm a Christian. Um, 
I'm not as liberal as most of the people who run these companies or at least show on the outside their liberalism. So that that's a challenge sometimes. I mean, what I tend to find though is the more honest you are about who you actually are and you don't follow the ideologies and you don't kind of swim with the rest of the fish, you tend to find you get the more interesting collaborations because people actually trust you more when you're honest, even if they don't like it. Yeah. So we work with a lot of people who might not share my viewpoints on the world, but because I'm honest about them, they respect it and they can actually understand it. Whereas if I was just like, oh, I agree with everything you say, they're like, can I trust that yeah you see what i mean yeah so they're the two things at play that i'm really you know pushing out there you know the fact that it you can have you can have um you know a post sound company in the north of england you can have a company that's in the film industry but isn't run by someone who subscribes to all of their ideologies um because at the end of the day it's not about that it's about making films and it's yeah. about making films sound good look good storytelling wise be good you know i can work on a film that's about a subject that i don't agree with um, and I can still do a really good job on that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. I don't have to have a certain viewpoint or an ideology to make great sound to a project, and I think that's something that I'm starting to notice that clients are accepting. Mm-hmm. You know, even if there's a client who is more on that side of the ideology, they don't bring that into the work with me because they just know who I am and they don't need to. They, they trust me that I'm not going to judge them and they're not going to judge me. Do you see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that, that mm-hmm. those two are the two, I think, political things at play. But they kind of always have been, and, and you know, for some time always will be in, in our industry. And I think it just takes a couple of people to shift the conversation a little bit. Um, yeah. You're seeing some of this happening already. Like, look at Angel Studios. You know, they brought out The Sound of Freedom. That was a big one, you know, a more conservative-leaning film. Again, by a Christian, uh, Christian-owned company. Um, so... Yeah, there is a slight shift starting to happen, and I would like to see more of that. I'm not saying that certain ideologies should be shut down. I'm just saying that I'd like to see more of a variety of things. If we're making films about, um, you know, certain people's activism or certain certain people's rights, or we're trying to tell a political story, why are we not telling both sides of a political story? Yeah. Why are we not making a film about someone who goes through struggle in like Christian religion? If we're making a film about someone who goes through struggle in Islam, that's the point I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and I, I'd, I'd love to work with more people who are looking at this bigger picture and trying to, you know, make films that are a bit more wide ranging in their uh, in their viewpoints. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. So, talking about Raven, is there a specific moment for you that kind of clicked? Like, yeah, we've got something here. Was it like a specific piece of sound design, or was it when you know a scene kind of came together with everything? Was there a specific moment for you that you know, again, this is something special. This is going to be great. You know. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I don't even know why I felt this way because obviously I've worked with Ed so many times. But when Ed said, Alex, we're making a Viking movie, and then you told me a little bit more about At first, I thought, okay, cool. But then when you were like, oh, we're making a Viking movie and it's going to have this and it's got this lore and I've wrote and th- written this, I was like, oh, please don't like make a really crap film. <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> that was, and this is the thing like, we, me and Ed have got that relationship. We can be honest with each other about things. And when he said that to me in my head, I was like, please don't make a crap film, please. Because I was thinking, how are you going to pay for this? This is going to be expensive. Yeah. Um, and then when I saw the first few stills, I just knew you'd fucking nailed it. <laughs> when, when, you, when you sent me over like a couple of stills, I was like, this is fucking cool. And yeah. I just knew from that moment, I didn't even have to watch it. I just knew it was going to be really mm-hmm. good and really powerful. And I knew that the sound is was going to have to match the visuals. Yeah. Whereas maybe like the earlier films we did, it might have been the other way around. 
You see what I mean? The yeah. visuals were not quite matching up to the sound. Whereas this time, we had to challenge ourselves to match your visuals. Oh, that's cool. You I see like what that. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's also, that it, wasn't, it wasn't even a bit of the movie. It was a still. It was they, a still. There you go. There you go, <laughs> Lou. <laughs> I just, I just love the brutal honesty. Don't make a crap movie. <laughs> well, no, that's like that. That's that's it. Like, uh, you know, there's there's moments in Caretakers that you know, <clears throat> me and you were like, this is going to be a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, there was, you know, there was there's so many variables to Caretakers though that like it was a web series that we we kind of like Frankensteined into. A, a, pilot. a pilot it was uh, it was crazy it was a fun time though everyone that worked on that it was great yeah. like then i came back it was the first thing i did uh, in 2020 literally before covid said sit down shut up <laughs> 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 i remember coming here with you and i was like it was like i was i was tearing up a little bit because like you know caretakers was such an important time in my life but now i kind of like moved on like the new caretakers is west Wise the raven now mm-hmm. and it started as a short we're creating a feature shit um, no, we're not. Maybe uh, <laughs> is it a series? Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, like we, you know, yeah, it's, throw it's, them off it's, the trail. <laughs> it's not finished. It's not finished. Um, mm-hmm. And I would love three four four to you know continue on the journey with us. Absolutely. But yeah. Uh, thank you for talking about Westwise the Raven. Thank you for talking about politics and sound. Thank you for being on the podcast. You've been a long time fan. Um, you know, uh, every now and then you message me how like you've you've listened to an episode and it's like I had to stop working because I was laughing so hard. So we appreciate that. <laughs> um, but uh, I know Sebastian, you have a piece of information. I do, I do. So three four four audio is going to be at South by Southwest, which is insane. Like, how how did you make that happen, dude? Like how is this all? How did this all come together? So um, I think one of the great things about the country that, that we live in is that, you know, as much as we have problems with politics and the government and everything, we do live in a very generous country when it comes to free stuff, let's say, <laughs> in inverted commas. Um, Buy one, get one free. <laughs> and and one of, you know, one of the things that the, the UK government's really pushing at the moment is innovation. So there's an organization called Innovate UK that's run by the UK government and paid for by, you know, tax taxpayers' money. Um, and what they do is they identify um, innovative and disruptive companies and then they invest in them in a number of ways. It can either be with support, grants, um, loans, whatever it, it, the need of your business is. And we were, um, you know, we were graced with um, a grant from Innovate UK, which we used and combined with our own, which we used and combined with our own funds to reinvest into the company. So um, we upgraded our room here, um, our mix room to Dolby Atmos, which was amazing. Bought loads of new equipment that's really enhanced the way that we work with clients. We also rebuilt our Foley stage from the ground up. We ripped everything out and, st- and built it all up again. Um, and we've also um, been fortunate enough to get some funding to make some designs for a future um, project that I can't talk about too much yet. Damn. But this is going to mm-hmm. be big. This is going to change the entire UK post-production landscape. And it's all to do with the politics and everything I'm talking about earlier on. Um, and I, if I'm just being honest with you, I can't wait to disrupt things a bit. I can't wait to shake up the UK industry and, and you know, and show that we're here, you know, we're here for good and we're here for, to, we mean business, you know. And mm-hmm. now as a continuation of that, I applied for another um, scheme through Innovate UK, which is to go to South by Southwest on a UK trade mission. And I'm going with a number of other UK creative businesses, some that work in the film industry, music, etc. It's going to be so fun. Um, so if there's anyone out there who would like to meet or talk about 
you know either working on films together looking at our sound effects libraries licensing or even looking at our courses i'm going to be at south by southwest please dm us on instagram dm me alex gregson on linkedin and i'd love to I'd no love dick to pics so so yeah so yeah i'm super excited we're going to be going in a few weeks and um yeah can't wait to be in texas hell yeah man i know you love a bit of texas that song all my exes live in texas <laughs> all my exes live in texas <laughs> there's a few people out there it's like wait i heard that on a drake song well, he samples, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but no, yeah, Alex, thank you so much for coming on Freeballing. No thank you for everything yeah, you've done man. for Freeballing. Thank you for everything you've done for me as a creative. And thank you for everything you're doing for the UK as a creative. It's been absolutely awesome having you here. Thank you for allowing us to come into your amazing building. As, as short as it was, I now have to go get my ass home. But yeah, please, uh, everyone at home, go f- go give 344 a like uh, if you are going to be at South By or if you want to try out their online courses, like Alex said, DM him. Um, but then again, also don't forget to like, subscribe, comment on Freeballing, YouTube, and everywhere you can find a podcast. Spotify, our podcast, you know the place, you know the deal, you know the rules, mm-hmm. 2024. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Jesus. Join us on the trip. Uh, I'm sorry. Now we're throwing out the scripts. Ah, I hope we don't charge a penny. I hear the weekend's calling. Now it's time to start. Free ball. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.